Well, what is going on, Notre Dame fans? You've got Mike Singer. You've got Kyle Kelly. We are live on a Friday afternoon talking some Notre Dame football recruiting. Hope everyone is doing well. Whether you are live with us, if you're watching back, if you are listening to this via podcast. Kyle, I'm in a great mood. Don't have a whole lot going on this weekend. Got a little date night tonight with the wife, hanging out with some friends tomorrow. Uh, conference championship games on Sunday. Go Lions. Pulling for the Lions. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great time to be alive. Great time to follow Notre Dame football. Kyle, you doing well, my friend? Oh, sorry, Kyle. I got you muted, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I uh, applaud the uh, Notre Dame recruiting staff for um, pointing everyone to one weekend in January for the visitors. Uh, although it makes for a hectic uh, five days leading up to it and certainly the five days after, I will 100% take um, a little more quiet weekends for the rest of the uh, January. I think we're in a contact period. I know you're going to talk a little bit more about yeah. that now, but million differences with the NCAA recruiting schedules, quiet periods, contact periods, evaluation periods, dead periods. Uh, usually anything behind, beside a dead period, kids can uh, come visit campus. I think we're in the contact one now. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy that it's only uh, one weekend for Notre Dame and sounds like the uh, early returns coming out of that. Well, not so much early anymore, but the, the returns coming away from that junior they visit weekend are strong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw Mich or uh, Miami has like 50 four star, four and five star players on campus this weekend. And I saw like, ooh. First, I was like, man, that's got to be a bear to cover. And then, secondly, like, Miami's going to have all these elite recruits on campus. But Notre Dame is still going to, you know, kick their kick their ass up and down the you know the field um, in terms of you know record and I don't know when the next time Miami and Notre Dame play but Notre Dame's uh, continued to be a better better program than Miami in recent years uh, we'll forget the the 2017 game but otherwise um, yeah or 2017 there's two Notre Dame games that just live in my memory that I just cannot erase it was that 2017 Miami game major disappointment and then the one in I think 2019 against Michigan. Oh my God! All right, well, yeah, yeah, we can't so, talk about the other of those games. All right, yeah. well, on to happier things. On to happier things. Um, yeah, folks, hit that thumbs up uh, on this video. Subscribe to our channel, of course, for more content. Go to blueandgold.com for more uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish football and recruiting coverage. Our offer for you guys is a buck for two months if you are a new subscriber when you use the promo code UND1. So please check that out over, again, at blueandgold.com using the promo code UND1. So we're going to talk some junior day, some coaches on the road, um, where the staff is at today specifically. And then we're also going to discuss the Notre Dame class of 2025 wide receiver board. So again, folks, if you have not done so yet, hit that little thumbs up button um, at the bottom of the video. Uh, really helps support what we're doing here at Blue and Gold. we got Tuan in the chat, Murdercap, K-Mac, Jeremy. Uh, hope you guys are all doing well again. Uh, appreciate you joining us live here. So, uh, yeah, like you said, Kyle, Notre Dame had a monstrous um, junior day recruiting weekend um, with 23 prospects in the 2025 class on campus. Um, 
at least according to what we updated on these profiles, Kyle, and then one in the 2026 class in Brady Schmeigel. Um, so, I mean, you had what? One, two, three, four, five top 100 prospects. I mean, tons and tons of four-star players. So I, I wanted to start with Kyle, like what is your one biggest takeaway from the junior day recruiting weekend? Um, you know, as we sit six days removed from it, we've been talking to sources, we've been talking to the recruits, we've been writing all the articles. What's your one biggest takeaway from this recruiting weekend? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't think Notre Dame fans are going to like it, but we don't have any commits yet because okay. I know going into it, everyone kept saying, like, who's on commit watch? Who are the guys that are going to be, you know, who are they going to pop? Who's going to pop when? You know, after Saturday, you know, I got a million text messages. How many commit stories do you guys have written already? Like all these things. And I'm trying to tell people, like, listen, like the last two junior days, like, um, in the Marcus Freeman area or, or era, uh, commitments did not happen fast coming out of this weekend. They yeah, end up trickling um, in the few months after uh, the the Junior Day weekend. But with that said, I think that we could have our highest output of verbal yeah. commitments from targets that attended uh, last Saturday's Junior Day than we've ever had. I think they had three last year, four the year before. I think. I set the over under, I think, at three and a half this year, and I still love the over for that. So uh, I, I mentioned earlier, everything we've heard coming out of the junior day weekend is seems to be pretty positive. I know every now and then we'll hear about a visit that just goes extremely poorly. Uh, maybe some recruits not super engaged while on campus, but seems like uh, to no surprise, really, that Chad Bowden, Dre Brown, and Carter Allman knocked out of the park for these guys. And uh, I'm really excited to see like what ends up coming of this junior day down the road because yeah. I think there's a lot of guys that are uh, thinking about Notre Dame as their top school right now. Okay, good stuff, Kyle. I have three thoughts on that. Let's see if I can remember all of them. One, do you remember last week's show when we were talking about commit watch, commit watch and I was like, we got to preface this with like when. Like, what's the timeline? Where, Because I'm with you, man. These big visit weekends happen. Notre Dame fans are like, we're getting every single player. I'm like, okay, like – Got we gotta like temper expectations at least for the meantime in terms of like who could be committing right now. So, like Kyle brings up, it's not about who commits right now. Whether someone like Mark Zachary commits on January twenty sixth or December fifteenth, it doesn't matter. He's going to be the same player. If he picks the, the same school. It, it it doesn't it doesn't matter. Uh, obviously, you want to get him committed sooner than later. Um, but like the that's the what really bothers me when people are like Notre Dame's not finishing the class strong by not getting commitments late. It doesn't matter when the player is committed. Would you rather Notre Dame sign 25 guys and they all committed in December or the same 25 guys and they all kind of commit throughout the cycle? It doesn't matter when they commit. So that's kind of a side note. Um, the other thing with 24 prospects on campus, according to our count there, 11 of them committed to the Irish. So there's a math thing there. You could only have, you know, 13 of those guys commit. One of them doesn't have an offer, though, so let's go down to 12. One's a 2026 prospect, so it's down to 11 right there. Um, so it, it's also kind of a numbers thing with it. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't remember my third point, but I'm proud of remembering two of the three. So, um, 
Yeah, Can but I, it, it, it did seem to be a, a good recruiting weekend for the Irish, Kyle. I mean, you you mentioned the – we do hear sometimes about bad visits. That's a question I get a good bit. It's like, Mike, do you ever hear about a bad visit? Do you ever write an article about a bad visit? I usually don't write the article if it's a bad visit because I will know about it and I don't do the interview <laughs> if we're just going to have a cards on the table. Um, but, yeah, it does happen. And I was asking sources, were any, like, prospects who, like, the staff, like, didn't click with or – vice versa and i didn't hear any of that kyle i wanted to give you a third point okay because i felt like i should have mentioned this as well even though this was a big theme on last week's shows how about the job notre dame did with uh, nathaniel usu boteng yeah uh, the brother of or half brother former notre dame linebacker jeremiah usu koromoa that visit came out of nowhere the fact that they got him on campus was a major victory and the way the visit went, I mean, Nathaniel Lusu Boteng, I think he probably talked to a dozen different Notre Dame and national reporters about his Notre Dame visit. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a, a top 50 recruit in the 2025 class. I don't think that guy's going to be spending time talking to all these reporters about a visit that didn't go well. And I know that you heard from, from sources inside the Goog that they really didn't think it could have gone better. Like it was just an absolute home run. But now here we are talking about 11 months from signing day, a lot a lot of time to go. But like Nathaniel Wusu Boateng is a guy that doesn't visit a lot of campuses, and the fact that things went um, that well for him on his first trip to Notre Dame, I think that's a really encouraging sign uh, for the aspirations of the 2025 class. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a good development. Um, adding him and Talon Taylor late to the visit list, I think was was a really Huge. Yeah, it was huge. My big takeaway from this was offensive line recruiting and just how good it can be because we were kind of hearing three offensive linemen was what Notre Dame was wanting to take. But when you're offensive line you, it can be hard to like limit yourself to a number like three because you might have other prospects beating down your door that are very talented and you're just like, man, we can't turn this guy down. So Owen Strebig visiting Miami, Kyle, right this weekend? Sunday, yep. And he was yep. at Wisconsin the weekend of the 13th, but we still really like Notre Dame here. The vibe I'm getting, Kyle, and you, you cover him. You talk to Owen much more frequently than I do. But just kind of what I'm hearing from sources on Owen is that he's just enjoying this recruiting process. Um Again, folks, whether he would commit to Notre Dame this month or in April, doesn't matter. I think it's you would rather him be more sure of the decision to pick the Irish than rushing it and then taking more visits. You'd rather take have him take those kind of visits now. So he's going to go see Miami this weekend. Do we see a 6'7", 300-pounder from Wisconsin going to a school like Miami? I mean, sure, but no. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, no, I don't see Owen Street getting up there. Um yeah, Jack Lang from Missouri, a prospect I logged a prediction for Notre Dame to land following um, this recruiting weekend. Um, I, I think Notre Dame ends up getting him. 6'8", 275 pounds is what Lang is listed at. Um, sources were buzzing. Kyle, you know, when I'm done with my spiel here, you can discuss um, your conversation with Jack Lang and then Matty Augustine from uh, Greenwich School. Excuse me, Greenwich, Connecticut. Greenwich, right? Because I got yelled at so much in the comments. <laughs> It's hilarious you say that because I know I was messaging you in the chat last week, spitballing your, how, how to uh, pronounce no. Augustine's last name because I heard someone say Augustine, but I can assure you it's Augustine. And then I got my mind uh, wondering, I was like, how do you pronounce where he's from? 
and I'm pretty sure it is Greenwich. So yeah, I call it Greenwich, and you know, there's Greenwich, I, but I think it's I Greenwich. Got, I got yelled at for the pronunciation right. of Kookias High School. I've been saying Punahou for years. Someone's yelling at me, like guys, find something else to do with your life rather than yell at people for not knowing how something is pronounced. Like get get just get over yourself, okay? And Kyle, I'm not really saying that to you with the whole last name thing because you're just trying to help me um sincerely but listen guys you you just got to you just got to find something else to do you know maybe go breathe some fresh air go outside you know just look at the clouds and and, and the stars at night just just you know go 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 touch some grass breathe some fresh air don't yell at strangers on the internet for mispronouncing something you know on accident like i don't know any different but i will continue on Maddie augustine greenwich Connecticut, Brunswick School. I really like where Notre Dame's at for this recruitment. Um, it's I've been saying for months now, it really seems like it's Notre Dame or Wisconsin for him. Um, and yeah, I, I think the Irish are in a good spot there. I do believe he was taking a visit, I think, to Wisconsin this weekend. Uh, but again, I, I I think that Notre Dame is, is the team to beat there. So you got Will Black committed. Then you got Augustine Lang, Strebig. I like the Irish to land all four of those guys or three of those guys in addition to black who's already committed. Um, and yeah, I think that would be, I talked about this on our show with Tim Hyde Wednesday night, like on paper going back to like the 2021 recruiting class. Cause from 2021 to 2024, Notre Dame's offensive line recruiting has just been outstanding. You got to think that 2025 on paper might, might be the best. Uh, it's, it's, you know, 2021 was outstanding with Fisher, Spindler and Alts, but like on paper, 2025 might be the best. Certainly could be, but I, I just like keep thinking in the back of my mind, like if you're one of those guys, would you want to join a four offensive tackle class? Like, I, of course, there's always the opportunity that those guys can move inside to play guard, but there's only two offensive tackle positions on the roster. And then you look at what the Hall and Notre Dame got in the previous cycle with Kirby Lambert, who we think, I, or at least I do, is a, a potential left tackle candidate. Um, I know Siles Prescott is being recruited as as a tackle, and um, Anthony Knapp has the ability to play tackle. And I, I know you can probably say this about every cycle, but I know we've us and Tim Hyde and everyone on our uh, loose emoji message board, we have talked extensively about how all four of these guys. Are best Kyle, suited for. Can I so, interrupt you? Are you trying to like no. dissuade these kids from going to Notre Dame? I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I. I, I mean, but the, the fact of the matter is, they do look good for all of them. Exactly. I think they you would agree that right now they're they're going to yes. land all of them. I can say for certain that Notre Dame is either the top school or a top two school for each yeah. one. Like I've said that on our board specifically about Augustine and Strebig for months now. And I had to change my tune on Lang a little bit because Lang even told me that I, I was right about Lang when I talked to him um, back in the fall when he got his Notre Dame offer. Notre Dame wasn't um, a true contender for him. They, they It wasn't until um, Lang visited Michigan. This is really random, but he went and visited Michigan at the end of um, November, talked to Joe Rudolph on the way back from the trip from Michigan to try to get a gauge where he was at in Notre Dame's board. Um, there was a big reset there, and then that's where Lang started to really like the Irish. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, just summarizing, I mean, I, I do think all three of those guys um, 
you know, have a really good chance to, to go to Notre Dame. And I guess um, it would be really impressive if Notre Dame got all three, um, all yeah. four of those guys to buy in as o- offensive tackles, which, you know, I'm certainly not counting them out from doing that. Yeah. I've heard that Lang was, was liking Michigan and Notre Dame the most and was kind of monitoring the Jim Harbaugh situation. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, if Sharon Moore is the guy and they kind of keep that staff intact, if what that does for Lang or, or what. But do like I do like where Notre Dame's at for him right now um, again. So kind of the junior day takeaways um, for, for myself and Kyle Kelly. Uh, and before we move into our next discussion here, I've got some questions for you guys, as always. Um, and I'm going to ask you, if you are a corporate executive, are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? If you're answering yes to any of these questions, you're going to want to give Andy Ludicky a call. Andy's a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses and using Andy's expertise, he's going to help you find your American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. So give Andy a call. His number is 404-973-9901. And put your life and career in your own hands. And best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Call Andy, 404-973-9901. Myperfectfranchise.net. Coaches are out on the road um, this week and have been since, what was it, last Tuesday? And then, Kyle, let me pull this up real quick, my friend. And the Irish will be out on the road until next Thursday. I think their last day on the road is next Thursday, um, the which is the last day of that contact period. So whether it's any specific player update or something a trend you're seeing on the Notre Dame staff do you have like a takeaway or something you've learned from Notre Dame's time out on the road this month that there's a good chunk of guys that they're not giving up on in the 2025 cycle despite those guys like not publicly being interested in Notre Dame to the fact that they haven't visited campus or really spoken um outwardly about their their Notre Dame interests. I know there's, you know, I, it seems like over well over a handful of guys, probably close to a dozen that have offers from Notre Dame. And a lot of guys have been new offers, which is really credit to the staff for like, they're not getting complacent. Like, because it, I feel like you could just look at your target board and, you know, you have, you could really narrow it down, but they are um, going far and wide. Um, coast yep. to coast to, to build up this 25 class. And it's honestly really impressive. I, I know that like people are like, I know we'll talk about this later, but people are like freaking out, like, Oh my God, the wide receivers board, like seven new offers. There's about 18 um, guys offered in the class now at wide receiver. Like, what are they going to do? Like defensive line, you got already got four commits and you're still offering all those guys. Like I have no problem with it whatsoever. Like a great move by the coaching staff to continue. Um, just look at, you know, looking at like no stone unturned. Um, I think that's been the theme uh, of the last few weeks. You know, there's guys that they're trying to see. They've seen, they saw two Auburn defensive line commits, or at least that was on the plan this week, which I found really interesting. Two Auburn D line commits, both who reside in Alabama, 
supposedly a defensive line coach at Washington was scheduled to be there. So they are uh, they're burning up the miles, man. You get I, I don't know if there's another school in the country that is uh, out on the road recruiting harder than Notre Dame right now. Yeah, I love it, Kyle. And I think a perfect example of that is someone like Josh Petty from Georgia, who I believe Joe Rudolph was at his school yesterday. Um, or am I tripping? No, he Denbrock. Denbrock was at his school yesterday. It was supposed to be or some, some Notre Dame staffer, but Irish had seven coaches in the Peach State yesterday. Um, and I do believe that uh, at least Denbrock was scheduled to go to Petty's High School. And then we have reason to believe that the staff will also be at Petty's High School um, next week. So um, let me just pull up, if I can, um, his little uh, profile uh, thing here. So Petty is uh, from Rossville, Georgia, Fellowship Christian School, number 18 overall player, number three off of the tackle. We just talked about Augustine, Lang, uh, Black, Strebig, and they're still going after someone like Josh Petty. I think that does kind of show like, yeah, they are not not complacent at all. They might feel really good about signing those four tackles, but it's not a guarantee. So you continue to go after other guys. Uh, and then your point about the D-line board, like uh, Notre Dame, from what I was told, I mean, they already got four pass rushers. I'd say four and a half throwing in uh, Dom Hulak. Hulak. <laughs> Hulak there. So so Kyle doesn't message me saying Hulak. Kyle, I love this. Kyle will be like, hey, just, just talk to Dominic Hulak on the phone. And he will spell it so that I know it's who. We'll type in who dash lock so that he like trains me to pronounce it correctly. Kyle, I love it. Um, so yeah, I would say four and a half. Shanklin, they certainly want. We'll talk about Damon Shanklin a little bit from Indy. You know, he would be like five and a half, but I I mean, I think they could take six and a half. Seriously, like. Um, they are really wanting to load up on the D-line this cycle. My big takeaway, Kyle, is the – and this is kind of lead us into another topic – is the how much the uh, several assistant coaches are traveling with Freeman. I feel like this – like it's usually always – okay, let me start that, that over. It's always one at least. He's always traveled with an assistant coach because Freeman, when he's going out on the road um, during the contact period, now he can't go out on the road during the spring eval period that runs from mid-April to the end of May. And then Notre Dame usually just goes on the road for May because they have spring ball at the end of April still. Um, and then, you know, they think they usually like take a week between spring ball and then going out on the road to kind of recharge the batteries a little bit. But so he goes on the road during, you know, the December, you know, home visit time and then January for this period we're currently in. He's on the private jet and he always will go with the, an assistant coach. But we have seen this month, it has been up to, hold on, Kyle, let me see. On the 24th, he had four other coaches with him um, throughout the day. On this past Monday, it was uh, still four. I mean, I think yesterday it was maybe six, you know, when the coaches were in Florida, then they went up to Georgia. Um, so they are really traveling together. Uh, and Tim High brought this up to me on our Wednesday show. And he was like, well, I mean, he's kind of questioning it a little bit, not sure why. And my thought process, Kyle, is the big change in the rule of when you're in this contact period, it's always been that's the, the senior class so you're, for this cycle, 2024. 
you go do those visits. You can go to the high school and, you know, hang out with them for an extended period of time. Well, NCAA added for this contact period again, which is December and uh, the beginning of December to the end of January with two or three weeks in the middle there where it's a dead period. Um, thank God we don't have to work on Christmas like that. Um, they added in that the coaches can now have that contact with class of 2025 prospects too. So when they're going to these high schools, they can sit down. I mean, I tweeted out a picture. Um, I'll pull it up in case you guys didn't see it of Jerome Bettis Jr. and several Notre Dame coaches with his parents. Um, this was really cool. Look at it from, from left to right. Mike, Mike Brown, Jerome Bettis. Um, uh, I, I forget uh, how to say Jerome Bettis's um, Jerome Bettis Senior's wife's name, so I'm gonna I'm gonna not mispronunciate it so people don't yell at me. Um, but Miss Bettis, uh, Jerome Bettis Junior, Marcus Freeman, Mike Mickens, and, and Mike Denbrock. So this could not happen before, and now it can. And I think that Notre Dame is having several coaches together for like a big home visit. Now, speak like home visit. Specifically, I don't think they can actually go to the Bettis home or they can't go to the home of the 2025 prospects. This is taken at Woodward Academy. Um, so this is a really cool development, I think, for for college football recruiting. Um, I don't know when these kids go to class, Kyle. Do they, I mean, do they go to class anymore during this period? I mean, I'm hearing yeah. stories about a head coach pulling a kid out of class and talking to him for an hour and a half. Um, so that might be an, a notable downside to this, but I do think that the relationship building here is uh, very positive. Um, I mean, Kyle, when we were hiring you, it, you know, it was just phone calls, you know, Zoom calls, all that stuff. But you know, you really bond with someone when you hang out with them in person. Jerome Bettis is able to get up to South Bend a lot, but a lot of kids don't get up to campus a lot. So, you know, now that these coaches can go to the high school and not just bump into them. Use the bunny ears for 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 podcast audience. Now they can actually have these real in depth conversations. Spend you know extended amount of time together, thirty minutes, hour, whatever it is. I think that that's been cool, and I think Notre Dame has done a good job having several staffers there um, for these visits. And I think when you're traveling on the private jet, I think it makes life a little bit easier for the assistant coaches. Um, to work as hard as they do, right? Like Freeman's traveling in luxury. It's, st it's still hard work that he is doing, but it does make it a little bit easier when you're on the jet. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being one of these coaches, um, new airport every day, new rental car every day, going through security. Who knows how many times a day? Like I'm fed up like the once every three months I have to fly. <laughs> and these guys have to do like, a dozen times during, you know, one, one month when there's a contact period. So Notre Dame, man, those coaches are racking up the, uh, the flight miles because they've been everywhere. They've been to California. They probably will be in Hawaii next week, uh, yep. all, all along the Northeast. Like <laughs> they're not really driving, um, many places. So they, they are, have hit things really hard. And the one thing I've always, I, I, I don't know how overrated this might be, but, I've just enjoyed the thought of the the coaches traveling with Freeman from like a team building aspect. Like I think yeah. it's extremely valuable, especially when they have a new coach. Um, like Mike Denbrock, as you, he's the new offensive coordinator, has pretty much been with Freeman. 
um, on recruiting visits uh, the entire last two weeks. And uh, Dan Brock, you know, you know, there's like four other guys on that plane, three, three other coaches. So they're getting they're getting to know each other. Um, I, I also like that Dan Brock is has accompanied Freeman with a lot of the visits as well because uh, kind of gives them the opportunity to Freeman to introduce Dan Brock yep. to the kids. You know, he's a new guy. So I, I really like that aspect as well. Kyle, I'm not going to lie, man. We've done dozens of these shows. And I think this is the best show we've ever done. I mean, I, I feel like this has been a fantastic show. Kyle's bringing it, man. Kyle's Kyle, Kyle has been bringing it. Love this. This is a yeah. Usually, gosh, some weeks are really stressful, but this week, knock on wood. Hopefully, <laughs> so you don't say that. Knock on wood, everybody. Okay. It was funny. I real quick. I I forget. Um, it was uh, earlier in the week. I was telling my girlfriend. I was like. Um, it just seems too quiet. Like things are too quiet right now, and I think that's when they extended like five offers in one night or something. There was something else. So really that was your fault happen. that that happened. Okay. Yep. Blame it on me. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, but then you got the coaches, you know, tweeting out the eyeball emojis and. and that was the night. And, that was the night. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and people role. ask me, Mike, what's this about? I'm like, listen, man. I we can't don't be responsible for telling you guys secrets that other people are doing like that, that, you know, like that, that can't be right. Does that make sense, Kyle? Like other people are trying to like tease you and put something out. Like it can't, it can't be my, I know that might sound a little bit like, but Mike, you report on rumors in high school football recruiting, but I just think that, that, that there's a difference between it's kind of like with, with commitments and like spoiling commitments. Like I don't do that. When a kid gives a silent commitment, I shut up. It's all about the kid's moment. So if these coaches, you know, Chad and Dre and, um, you know, Deuce, like they're Deuce is not a coach, but you know, and Carter Rahman, like if those guys are putting out the eyeball emojis, you got to ask them what it's about. Like, it's not my, like, that's not my thing to share. So I digress. Bernie said, okay, singer, I went outside and spelled the grass, and I'll try not to mess up any more names. Bernie, I love that comment. K-Mac said the jet fuel prices have to be insane. I do think about, like, how expensive it is, um, you know, for, for all these travels. Um, you got to think, like, going from, like, let's say the West Coast to the Midwest, that flight right there is in the five digits easy um alone so yeah it's it's not a cheap proposition now i don't know exactly how notre dame funds it but just from what i've been told just you know about private flying like that it's it's very expensive uh and then uh jeremy said can notre dame finish in the top five for this class seem like this one is setting up better than last year jeremy you can that comment copy and paste it and you can send it to me at literally every single point in this recruiting cycle for every moment of time, like every year ever. Like this is just how it is. Like this is how it always seems. Maybe this year will be different, but I think it's going to be really difficult for Notre Dame to sign top five class, man. Um, Kyle, do you have 30 seconds on that? Well, a big part of that is Deuce Knight. If he continues to remain, you know, close to five-star status and there's some guys on the board that are potential five-star guys, such as, Nathaniel Usuboteng, Talon Taylor, the wide receiver. Um, I'm trying to think who they have committed. Ivan Taylor, he's a highly ranked guy. 
So, yeah, I mean, all those guys continue to remain top 100 guys. Notre Dame ends up getting them, everything like there's like There's a lot of factors that go into that. But yeah. uh, Notre Dame recruits at a top five level, that's for sure. They recruit harder than any other school in the country. But, yeah, it is just really hard to say where they're going to end up a year from now. It is. Um, but like I've said on my tangent, and I'm going to keep preaching this because it's something I feel strongly about, like, it's not a popular opinion, but when you go look on rivals at 24 seven, or maybe even ESPN, if they even do team rankings anymore, you see Notre Dame's number one right now. You got to take it with the context of how they do those rankings is a popularity contest. Who has the most commitments is ranked highest right now. It's just how it is. Um, and on three, how they do their rankings. Like I think Notre Dame, is what five yeah I, and I, see, I see comments from people who are like on three typical on three so <laughs> yeah you you let me know notre dame fan where do you think it's more likely for notre dame to finish in the team rankings right now one or six right it's six Right, because on three, how they do the rankings, it's they try to have it more of a representation of the actual best classes, um, based on you know an average number of commits per Power Five school, which is three right now. So it's only taking your top three into account rather than just a popularity contest of who has the most commitments. I remember like the 2022 or 2023 class, Texas Tech was killing it early. They had 17 commits, and Texas Tech. I think it was the number two country, number two class in the country behind Notre Dame on rivals. And it's like, okay, so is Texas Tech going to throw a party, you know, for, for being the number two school in the country? Like it, it, it's January. It's like, you know, having a 28 to three lead against the, the, the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Like you want to stop the game and, and throw yourself the championship right now. You have to win the game. Um, so, so there you go. That's my that's my little rant there. Uh, Notre Dame is on the road today, Kyle. Most of the staff did come off the road. Thank goodness. Give those guys a weekend off. Um, although, you know, we'll see if there's anyone on campus this weekend. Um, no, I don't know. No high school guys, um, really, to, to my knowledge. Um, but Marcus Freeman, as we reported uh, this morning at BloomGold.com, Freeman, Mickens, and Washington are on the road. In Indianapolis, Washington's also in Chicago. Um, but those three guys seeing Damien Shanklin today, um, four-star pass rusher from Warren Central, uh, and then Mark Zachary from Ben Davis, uh, a, a highly rated cornerback prospect. Both of these guys in the 2025 class, both of these guys visited Notre Dame this weekend. Both of these guys talked to our boy Kyle Kelly. So, Kyle, um, yeah, just quick rundown of these two guys. What you're thinking about these uh, top targets for the Irish? Yeah, Notre Dame is a uh, top school for both, but Mark Zachary is the name I'm watching. Uh, he is much further along in the process than, than Shanklin. I think Zachary is going to begin thinking about a, a decision after basketball season's kind of the vibe I get there. Zachary's a big-time basketball player. He talked to Micah Shrewsbury, Notre Dame's men's basketball coach during his visit. If Zachary commits to Notre Dame, they're going to have some sort of role for him on the basketball team, whether he just 
shows up in practice practices or is on the bench during games and has the opportunity to play. Uh, they haven't really ironed out the details of what that could look like because they're waiting for Zachary to commit. But um, after talking to him, I think Notre Dame is a really good spot. I've, I've echoed this on the loose emoji board for months. Notre Dame has been the leader for Mark Zachary since probably June. Uh, the, the school we continue to watch with him is Ohio State. But um, the one thing I found really interesting when I was talking to him, you know, he was talking about schools he wanted to visit and those sorts of things. And he mentioned wanting to visit Tennessee and Oregon. No mention of Ohio State or Michigan, two teams I thought were um, top contenders for him. We spent last week's show diving uh, pretty deep uh, to Mike's um, disgust, probably, about the Ohio State recruiting board. But I will mention that Dorian Brew, the cornerback target from Ohio State, postponed his commitment date as the Texas school's chase after him so i'm wondering how that will impact zachary's recruitment i know the buckeyes were in to see him this week um, i'm going to touch base with mark here in a couple days uh i try to give these kids some space i i joke with damian shanklin i was like man you are probably so sick of hearing from me and all he did was put the uh laughing emoji so i was like yep that's all you need to know but um yeah damian's been great to, to talk to throughout his recruitment as well Notre Dame's a leader here for him. Um, I think I can say that pretty confidently at this point, but Damian Shanklin is a few months away from considering a commitment. Right now, he's just really enjoying the recruiting process. Um, I don't really think his family has been on many, if any, college visits with him. It's all college, um, all his high school coaches that are on these visits. So he's just trying to get a feel for things right now, but the one thing that I can say pretty confidently right, right now with Shanklin is I think he's going to end up close to home, whether that is at Notre Dame or maybe Purdue, who we saw on Tuesday. Um, I know he's visiting Indiana on Saturday. I think that's the intention. I don't see Indiana as a major player there. Tennessee is another school I, I'm really tracking closely for Shanklin. But I think um, when all is said and done, uh, wherever he ends up signing, I think will be somewhere – you know, within a driving distance from home. So I know he has USC and Texas offers. Both those schools are great. Um, both those schools are recruiting him. Shanklin's really interested in both those schools. But I think that um, for the first time since 2012, I looked up the stat last week, I think 2012, Notre Dame could sign the uh, top two players in Indiana if uh, yep. rankings hold. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, would both be uh, great additions for the Irish. Um, Comment here, Bryce Young, I guess, got bumped to five-star status. Um, I did want to pop this up on the screen, kind of going back to our whole rankings discussion and you guys yelling at me um, about team rankings. I just hope, I mean, look at, for all of the crap that Kyle and I have had to see about Notre Dame fans yelling about CJ Carr's ranking, whether that's warranted or not, are you guys yelling at the inside Irish sports guys at Rivals about Bryce Young being ranked this low? I mean, on three and twenty four seven, have them ranked pretty damn high. Twenty four seven, just bump them up to a five star. You got ESPN and Rivals two twenty and um, two twenty one there. So, um, so there you go, Bryce Young. Congratulations, five star status. Um, he Thanks, definitely man. has that upside. That is for for damn sure. Bryce Young's a fantastic talent. Uh, Kyle, we're gonna wrap up today's show talking about the wide receiver board in the twenty twenty five class. Um, you did discuss it a little bit, kind of looking at. Um, just how much the board has expanded. Um, and the 
receiver board has been fairly similar to the O-line board, in my opinion. Big difference being O-line board does have a commit. Receiver don't does not yet. But the number I was hearing was three for receivers, just like I was hearing three for offensive line. But just the way they're offering, guys, makes me think they might end up with four. And they have two guys who look to be pretty darn close to committing to the Irish or maybe not in terms of like timeline. I don't know what, exactly what their timelines are looking like. These guys both might be spring summer guys, but Derek Meadows from, from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. I just talked to him on uh, a couple days ago. Um, I haven't been able to, to get around to posting the article yet, but we'll obviously do that in the near future. Um, number 132 overall player, number 17 receiver in the country. Uh, do believe that Notre Dame will be at Gorman next week to see Meadows. Irish are looking really good there. And then you have, of course, Jerome Bettis Jr., uh, the son of the bus, uh, 6'3", 185 pounds. So if we would say that's two right there, and then they have, what, 16 other guys they've offered in, in the class, and they look to be in, in, in pretty good position for some of these guys. Um, yeah, it's like, do they just have one more spot if they do land those two? So some names of note, Elijah Burgess, the son of Plexico Burris, Nasir New, near Newkirk, Notre Dame software from North Carolina. Sean Terry was on campus this past weekend. Raiden finds bright. The staff is seeing this week. I think Notre Dame could get Kobe Howard if they made a big push for him. Uh, Cooper Perry, I feel the same. Um, Lex Cyrus is a guy I know you're excited about from Pennsylvania who Notre Dame just offered. Donovan Olagbode. Um, is from uh, Chicagoland. He's at IMG Academy right now. Notre Dame just was in to see him um, and offered him a scholarship. Dalen McCutcheon from, from the Dallas area. He was supposed to be a junior day visitor. Had to cancel it late due to weather. Talon Taylor, um, Chicago prospects, visited Notre Dame a few times now. Quincy Porter, Notre Dame would love to have from, from Bergen, Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. And then at the top of the board in terms of ranking is Jamie French, the five-star uh, who I wrote about this week of blue and gold, Mike Brown looking to make an impact there. So no commits right now, but I think you got to be excited about where the, uh, the board is at right now. I'm really fascinated to see how it all shakes out because they're prioritizing speed in the 25 cycle and they're really pr- prioritizing it at the wide receiver position. And when you think of Jerome Bettis and Derek Meadows, I don't think you really think of those guys being lightning fast guys. I think you think of those guys as really good, you know, wide receivers. Like just, I don't want to say possession wide receiver, but they, they, you know, speed is not their best asset. I know Derek Meadows is a long strider, everything like that. But, um, and then I look at the guys they've offered, and I was doing a ton of research on this yesterday. So I'll just go through it briefly. But, um, Lex Cyrus, uh, he ran a 10.45, 100 meter. Uh, Tanook Hines, who they offer in December, 10.89, meter. Raiden Vines Bright, 10.82, meter. Sean Terry, 4.4, 40-yard dash. Um, and I don't have any times on Elijah Burris, Nasir Newkirk, or uh, Donovan from IMG. So I think it's uh, really interesting because they, they are offering guys with speed. The fastest one of those guys being Lex Cyrus. Uh, I compared him in our Mike versus Kyle column this week to Tyreek Hill. I, I think he honestly does play like Tyreek Hill, like with the um, his he's five foot ten and he is fast as all heck. It like I was watching his film and I was taking notes and everything. Like 
He only had 13 receiving touchdowns, I think, last year, but it looked like it was double that. The amount of times he got um, tackled, like, a yard before the end zone was unbelievable. So, Lex Cyrus is probably my number one guy on the board in this class because he's ridiculous. Um, But I know Penn State is uh, leading there. The other thing I am really fascinated about is what is going to happen with Talon Taylor, Um, the top 100 recruit from Chicago. Notre Dame is prioritizing the heck out of Chicago in this cycle. They already have three commits from the Chicago area. They would love to add more than that. And Talon Taylor is a guy they've been on for a while. Mike Brown, the wide receivers coach, has been on him for even longer. Uh, This one is looking like a Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia battle. Um, I talked to Talon last night, USC and UCLA both involved. Uh, He's going to go down and visit Georgia last week, or sorry, next week. But I went and saw Talon um, at his high school real early in the start of his junior year, and we talked about how he lived in uh, South Carolina for two years and, you know, did not really enjoy his experience in South Carolina. It was a little bit harder on him, so I wonder if he would give Georgia a shot. But I, I think we're looking at this being a Notre Dame-Ohio State-Michigan battle for Taylor. And I, I really think if Notre Dame continues to prioritize him, continue to show him he's a top-of-the-board guy, I think they get him. I mean, I really do. They are doing a great job in this recruitment. Uh, Marcus Freeman has been extremely involved. And right there – you're looking at Talon Taylor, Derek Meadows, and Jerome Bettis. There's three commits. So a lot of new offers out, and uh, I'm interested to see which guys they, they choose to prioritize from that group because there's just a ton of guys on that board. Yeah, yeah, and I don't have any reason to believe that that is going to slow down. I mean, spring eval period, Mike Brown's going to hit the road, and, you know, and Den Brock and those guys, and they might offer more, um, you know, in, in you know April and May and whatnot. Uh, and then you'll have summer official visits uh, in June. But I just have a sneaky feeling that Elijah Burris is going to end up at Notre Dame. I do like where Notre That's, Dame's at with him right now. Dude, it's crazy because Elijah Burris, his dad, Plastico Burris, played with Jerome Bettis in Pittsburgh, and he played with Ike Taylor's dad uh, – or sorry, Ivan Taylor's dad, Ike Taylor in Paris, or yeah. Pittsburgh. It's and I got to wonder if there's even – crossover i gotta look these all up with uh ryan clark um you know jordan clark's dad who's you know when you're rental at notre dame like i know he's he's more on the younger end of that group of steelers players but maybe there was like a couple years there i i don't know guys i i I haven't studied all my pittsburgh steeler roster history here but um um darren pritchard remind me of that with all these steelers guys um up um, at Notre Dame currently. So uh, just a quick note on Talon Taylor. I have been pessimistic about Notre Dame's chances here. Right. I am more optimistic about Georgia than you are for him. That was, I know you're kind of speaking from your read in talking to him, uh, but just kind of the scuttlebutt that I'm hearing. I think that Notre Dame, uh, excuse me, I think that Georgia's is in actually pretty good position for Talon Taylor. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think he ends up at Notre Dame. Um, but obviously I've been wrong many times before and I would love to be wrong on this one. And we'll see, we'll see. I, I know he had a really good visit on campus this weekend or this past weekend and Mike Brown was recruiting him really hard at Wisconsin. Um, so that, that definitely helps the Irish here. I do think Kyle, we are going to wrap up today's show right there. 
48 minute banger of a show. I feel like this was our best show that Kyle and I have done together. So we'll make sure to replicate that next week. Um, and I believe next week is actually Ooh. next Wednesday is signing day, right? Or is that the week after? No, it's the week after signing day for February. Um, or am I tripping? No, no, it's two weeks from now. So obviously we don't really expect Notre Dame to, to do anything on signing day next in a couple weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have some more things to discuss uh, during next Friday's show. So, folks, if you have not done so yet, hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel, of course, for more content. Go to blueandgold.com for much more on your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And use the promo code UND1, a dollar for two months of access. Jeremy says, great show. Jeremy, appreciate you being here. K-Mac, thank you. You as well. ENC, uh, TP. Appreciate you guys for being in the chat. And as always, folks, we'll catch you guys next time.